Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer dropped some interesting news over the weekend about what the Thunder could do at six, and it might surprise you. We'll dive into that as well as continue our NBA Draft Profile and Projection Series, talking all about NBA Draft prospects. This time, we'll talk about Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga and have a very fun show announcement as well. A lot to get to today, so stay with us. Locked on Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05362-7128 on today's show. We're going to dive into another 2021 NBA draft profile and projection, giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder draft pick. This time, we're diving into Corey Kispert, brought to you by Spotify Greenroom, changing the way that we talk about sports. We also have some KOC news to get to. He dropped some huge news on Friday regarding the Oklahoma City Thunder draft strategy at pick six. A lot to get to. Want to make the announcement right now on the top of the show. We are going to go daily through the draft, including weekends. That's right. So every single day, this week, next week, you'll have a Locked on Thunder podcast in your ears. Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter. Every single day, not just the weekdays, for leading up to the draft and free agency, which starts August 2nd. So it'll be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of content. We'll see how the offseason takes shape, and it will be very, very interesting. Again, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-E-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, so you never miss an episode or some news regarding the Thunder. But let's talk about the news for the Thunder in the KOC report. So KOC reports of the Ringer that the Thunder want Scotty Barnes or James Bugnight. And that kind of shocked people because, you know, Bugnight had not been a guy rumored at six. It's been Scotty Barnes. It's been Kaminga. It's been the, the off chance that Suggs falls. And now, all of a sudden, it's James Bugnight. Now, you can be saying to yourself, well, what what does KOC know? The Thunder are so tight-lipped, and they never let anything leak. Not exactly true that they never let anything leak. Also, KOC was, like, the first one I ever saw uh, being so heavily attached to Poku in Oklahoma City, uh, being the one that that was parading around Poku in Oklahoma City uh, before anyone else was last year. He knew that from the get-go, and that was obviously 100% true. They even moved up to get him because they were afraid of the Mavericks, the Mavericks leaks that they'd take him for some reason. If you believe this report, if you believe what KOC is saying, then the Thunder, you know the Thunder's pick at six. If you believe that if Scotty Barnes is gone, they're going to take Bugnight, and if you believe that Jalen Suggs won't fall, it's going to be either Scotty Barnes or James Bugnight. If you believe the report. And since this has came out, there's been a ton of... James Bugnight discourse mostly has, has been uh, fans not liking this election because it's just so such a new idea this late in the process. Uh, but 
you're never going to find the perfect prospect at six. Like if you're looking for the perfect prospect, it's not going to be there at six. Heck, we're to the point right now in the process where the perfect prospect does not exist. Like you have people tearing down Cade Cunningham and acting like he's not a good player. This network on Chad Ford's big board had a guest on that said Cade should go sixth. Like we're at the wackiness part. We're at the contrarian part of the, of, of the, of the process. What James Bugnight does is he helps to shore up your backcourt. And it would be that Sam Presti trusts him to be Shay's running mate. It's a swing worth taking. Because my ceiling for James Bugnight, and I said this two months ago during his draft profile, which I've linked on Twitter throughout the weekend. My ceiling for James Bugnight is a number two option as a scorer on a championship team. At six in this draft, if you find the number two option for your team while already having a number one option in Shea, that's a heck of a draft no matter what else you do. The question is, can he reach that ceiling? And so there's been some, there's been some negative takes on Bugnight starting out with his age. He'll be the same age as Darius Baisley when the season starts. This is not a problem. Number one, timeline in this, in this department, right, is not about age. It's about control. So when you talk about Shea, you know, the national media talks about Shea and the timeline, does he fit the timeline? That's talking about the controllable years left, not his age. How many more years of control do the Thunder have versus how many more years of that control will they be trying to lose? That's the timeline. Now, when you're talking about signing free agents, then you look at age. But when you talk about draft picks and young players like this, you're only talking about draftable control. And the Thunder, of course, will have a ton of control over Boognight. Then you can also say, well, he'll be the same age as Darius Baisley. How much more room to progress does he have? Well, how much more room do you think Baisley has to progress? And furthermore than that, Boognight started playing basketball at a very young age, at a very older age comparatively to most NBA prospects because he started out first playing baseball. He was a late start to basketball, so he's still very raw in his basketball game. So that's been the first one. The second one has been shooting, which I think that nobody should worry about. He shot 30% from deep last year, 32% for his career. He took some bad shots. He forced up some bad shots, given the team around him, but he shot 80% at the free throw line. He has a good jump shot. He needs to be able to repeat it more. But whenever the NBA gives him a system, a team around him, and some spacing, those shots will become higher quality, and he'll be able to make them at a higher clip. I'm not concerned about his shooting at all. He's also very athletic and extremely bouncy, more than he's given credit for. They also talk about his turnovers. Now look, he did have a ton of turnovers. He had 2.8 turnovers last year per game. For his career, he averaged two turnovers per game. Other players in their college seasons, in their college careers, turnovers per game. Cade at four, SGA at 2.7, Scotty Barnes at 2.5, Dort at 2.9, Russ at 2.5, Lonzo at 2.5, Fultz at 2.3, or 3.2, I should say, Jason Tatum at 2.6, and, and CP3 at 2.7. You can say that those guys were point guards and asked to be creators. James McKnight was the entire UConn offense. He was asked to be the creator of offense, uh, and he had the highest usage rate. Usage rate means that he's been used the most and has the most opportunities with the ball in his hands to turn the ball over. And also... When you look at the turnover to assist ratio, he will not be asked to be a playmaker. James has the physical ability to swing the ball, keep an offense flowing, and make basic passes. That's his role. He's going to be a full-time shooting guard. 
He's not going to be a, a playmaker. He's not going to be a point guard. That changes in, in, in the NBA. He'll no longer be a point guard. He'll be a strict shooting guard. So I don't really care about his assist numbers. He doesn't have to be a point guard. It's, it would be like asking, what is his post-up percentage? It doesn't matter. He's not going to do that in the NBA. I think that Lou Dort is a, is a player that played point guard in college, obviously, and it still had almost three turnovers a game. But in the NBA, plays more off-ball. And then you saw well, this last season, they tried him more on-ball due to the injuries and roster construction. Bugnight will play off-ball, and then he'll also be an ISO scorer. And another reason I'm optimistic about this is that his defense grades out as a good grade on Synergy. The, the grade is good for him on Synergy with defense. And Mark has improved every player's defense this last year. That is going to be his staple. And if he improves Bugnight from a good defender to a great defender with his ISO scoring, this is a heck of a pick. But again, there's no perfect prospect. Yes, Bugnight struggles to playmake for others. Yes, he struggled to pass on a bad UConn team with bad spacing and a bad offensive system. But every single player will have negatives at six. They just will. And the ceiling of being a number two scoring option on a championship team is higher than that of any other player in this range. That's actually obtainable. I like Kaminga. I like Scotty Barnes. I like James Boog Knight. We'll see what happens. At the end of the day, no matter who the Thunder pick, everyone's going to say, trust in Presti, right? But those are just some of the comments that I've seen about Boog Knight that I'm not too concerned about. The turnovers are their problem. Is the passing a problem? Sure. But again, his role is going to be turned upside down in the NBA. I'm interested to see how he progresses as an off-ball scorer who doesn't maybe does not need isolation, right? Like how does he progress as a cutter? As he progresses as a relocator? As he progresses as a spot-up shooter? As a catch-and-shoot guy? That's interesting to me, if he can do that. And I think that he can. And also, he has that mindset of understanding that he did not show great playmaking in college. He's told me that uh, with the combine interviews. And he wants to be better at it. He wants to show people that he's better at it. He thinks that that's his most underrated skill, is his playmaking, because he just did not do it well in college. So we'll see. But being 21 years old at the start of the season has not really concerned me at all. Uh, neither does shooting or turnovers or anything like that. At the end of the day, again, I go off of the ceiling, and this would be a heck of a swing. And if it pans out, you've stolen a secondary piece of your core. We'll talk about Corey Kispert coming up and continue our NBA Draft Profile series. But first, I'm going to say right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com. They have all the delicious flavors, coconut, cherry raspberry, Cherry Barcia, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. My favorite is Cookies and Cream. Try that out today. But if you don't want to take my recommendation, no problem. Order a mixed box. The mixed box will give you two of every flavor. You try them all out and then reorder the flavor you love the most. Most bars have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. It's amazing flavor. It's all tasty and it's all healthy for you. It's a protein bar, but it tastes just like a candy bar with that 100% real chocolate on the outside of every single bar. You can use them pre-workout or post-workout. You can use them as a snack or a meal replacement. They're that filling. They're that good. So make sure you're getting in on this Built Bar action at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15. 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, try out that cookies and cream option. That cookies and cream is going to be 
the best one. It's it's incredible. And life hack, put them in the refrigerator. Refrigerator, cold built bars, nothing better, especially in the summertime. Go check it out, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Let's talk now about the Corey Kispert NBA draft profile and projection. Corey Kispert stands 6'6". He weighs 224 pounds. He's going to be 22 this year. Goes to Gonzaga, of course, now goes to the NBA. Great shooter and a good athlete. Like, I think he's a better athlete than you think he is. And he can defend at a good enough level. Like, the defense is going to be the biggest question mark for me because we'll get into this later on. But because he showed good defense in college, I wonder, though, with the uptick in athleticism and the uptick in in player level in the NBA, how much does his defense regress? Like, how much is that drop-off going to be? It's unfair to expect there to be no drop-off from going from the WAC or wherever uh, Gonzaga plays nowadays to the NBA. But how much can you limit that drop-off is the question. But his biggest strength is that elite shooting. 44% from deep. He understands how to relocate. He understands how to move around the perimeter and be in the right spot. Uh, And he can be a great drive-and-kick partner for SGA. He also creates for himself, which is a bit surprising, um, now, he's not going to be a guy that scores in the ISO like James Boone Knight. will not be a guy that is a ISO score as that label. But in certain spots, he can create a shot for himself. He's also, unlike Boone Knight, not a sticky player. This, the ball does not stick to him. He understands how to keep an offense going, how to swing the ball around the arc, and how to make the next read before he's even ha- having the ball in his hands. Right, So he's able to make quick decisions. That's a big deal especially for Mark on offense. We'll see if, if this comes to fruition with the Thunder, but he's not a sticky player, which is good for him. Another strength is his defense because it was good in college. Now, again, you have to adjust and grade on a curve here about how does that defense from college translate to the NBA. I think in the NBA, he'll be a solid defender. And with his elite shooting, which I think will carry over, and being a solid defender as an elite shooter, that's a great combination. I, I like that a lot. He's also a great hustler. He, he, he is the bona fide floor burns guy that will go and make all the dirty plays, set good screens, good rebounds, die for loose balls, do all that gritty stuff that you want. But that's the extent of his game. A solid defender, who's an elite shooter, and who will do the dirty work. That's it. I don't really see much else with his game. Now, his weaknesses. Not a good ball handler, so I don't think that he can be a guy who grabs a rebound and goes for you in the NBA. Um, at the NBA, he will not have a great athleticism trait, right? Like he's going to be overwhelmed by the athletes at the NBA level. He'll no longer be considered a good athlete at the NBA. He struggles shooting off the dribble, which might, again, in turn, take away that creation for himself, but we'll see if he can kind of overcome that. And also, he's not a very switchable defender. So that's kind of the name of the game in the NBA nowadays. I don't think he can switch as a defender. I think he can be a solid defender, especially a good off-ball defender. I think he'd be a good man defender in certain matchups, but I don't think he can switch. And that limits his role. I think at 22 years old, with being 23 in March, and with the skill sets and traits that he has, that's not really... He can't get much better at anything, right? It, it'd, be an, it'd be an impossible ask for him to get much better at shooting. He's already mastered that for the most part, if it translates. He's 
really good at understanding an offense. He cannot really master that any more than he already does. He knows where the where the ball should be. He knows what is expected of him in terms of keeping a set alive or keeping a play alive. Can't much ask for much more than that. He's just physically not going to be a guy who can blow by defenders off the dribble and go to the rack. So you cannot ask that of him. So I'm struggling to see here how he progresses. From going to be 23 years old at the end of his first year in the league, how does he progress from here? How does he get better than he is right now? I don't think that there's a way to. And, and he he probably doesn't need to get better, right? He, he probably is already going to be a very good starter or at worst, a high-level contributor off the bench. So the thing with Corey Kispert is it's all known. And that typically scares NBA teams. So that's why it's a weakness. Weakness for that is because the NBA typically values young players who could be awesome, but also could suck. Whereas we know Corey Kispert will be very good in the NBA. I have no doubts it'll be good because of his skill sets that he has, as long as they all translate. But it's like that family guy scene where Peter Griffin is like at this, whatever it is, it's like a boat dealership. And it's like, hey, you can have this boat. We can have this mystery box. It's just clearly, obviously not a boat. It's just a box that you'd get on Christmas morning. And instead of taking the boat, Peter Griffin rattles off a list of things that this box could be and says it could even be a boat. It's like, well, you should have just taken the boat then because this box is filled with nothing but a coupon to Wendy's. Like, that's all it was. So that this is where the NBA often finds themselves letting a guy like Jalen Brunson follow the second round because Jalen Brunson, they didn't think he could progress anymore, but it turns out he could progress more and he's now a very good player off the bench for the Mavericks. Now, Corey Kisper will not follow the second round, but he could fall more than he should just because he cannot improve from this. But again, if this is his starting point that he cannot improve from, how long will it take these other players to catch up to this point? How long will it take these other players to progress to this point? And then how many of them can not only progress to this point, but then progress and, and, and surpass this point? That list is pretty short to me. Of how many players can shoot 40% from three, that can create a bit for themselves, that can be a solid defender, and that can give you an elite NBA trait. So even though he can't progress much more from here, in my opinion, he might not need to. But that is viewed as a weakness in the NBA world, his age at 22 years old. Where is he available in mock drafts? Well, ESPN has him at 11, The Athletic at 15, Bleacher Report at 15, CBS at 22, NBC at 14, Tankathon at 14, and then I have him at 18. Again, my big board is mainly looking at the Thunder aspect of this and not the draft as a whole. I just don't think that he fits for the Thunder because he's not that big upside swing, uh, but he is a talented player. The Ringer, of course, has him in the 13 range. By the way, the Ringer updated their uh, their big board, so James Knight now is the seventh overall best player in the draft, so that's something you can go look up uh, on your free time. I've also tweeted out all the big changes on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. So what is Corey Kispert's ceiling and floor? To me, the ceiling is an all-star level player that plays above average at worst defense who can score an all-star clip. So above average, above average at worst could be better than above average and is an all-star level score. I think that's a ceiling for him. His floor is a bench score that just ignites a second unit and allows you to not experience a big offensive drop-off. That's a good NBA player right there. That's a player worth drafting right there. For his NBA comp, I think he can be an athletic Joe Harris. But coming up, we're going to talk about his fit with the Thunder, his future role with the Thunder, rotational impact, roster impact, why the Thunder should take him, why the Thunder should not take him, or also dive into what's to come on the Locked On Thunder podcast and some more news 
as it relates to the Oklahoma City Thunder. All that and more coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. But first, what's right now? My good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball is in full swing right now, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get the latest news, odds, and info on the latest sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device, checking out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. No longer should you sit on the sidelines. This is your chance right now to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. We have NBA Finals Game 6 tomorrow that you can bet on. Head over to the website on your mobile device and sign up today. Whenever you sign up on your laptop or mobile device, go to betonline.ag. Sign up using our code locked on. Our promo code locked on at betonline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Promo code locked on, betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-O-I-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. Let's talk about Corey Kispert's future role with the Oklahoma City Thunder. To me, it's more realistic to think that he can be a bench scorer with a spot starter in certain matchups where he can provide more offense. So if you go into a game knowing you're going to need a lot of firepower offensively, then he starts that game. But he's not a routine starter. It's not like a guy that you sharpie in every single night. Uh, that's going to be, his, to me, realistic role in the NBA. Could it be more than that? Yes. We mentioned his ceiling before. It could be much more than that. But... To be realistic about it, that's what you're going to be getting in Corey Kispert for me. Uh, his rotational fit next year as a bench player. Roster impact, I don't really see that he'll impact anybody. Most players don't impact players on this roster because this roster is so fluid. Uh, there's going to be so much roster turnover this year and next year, uh, and he does not impact the, the big four or five or six core, however deep you want to go with this core. He does not really impact them at all. Uh, so I don't really see Corey Kispert being the difference in drafting uh, and, and kind of losing a different player. Uh, why the Thunder should take him? You know, I'm not sure, given his limited upside, the Thunder want to take big swings. He's not exactly a big swing. Uh, but then again, as we mentioned before, while he's not a big swing, while he want to progress much more, uh, he also is fitting the timeline in the sense of control. He'll be under control for nine years. And how many players will be better, will be better than him in this draft? How many players can have a long-lasting NBA career uh, longer than his and, and be a contributor more than him? That's one reason why the Thunder should take him. Why the Thunder should not take him is because of that lack of upside. The lack of upside is huge. The Thunder want to take big swings. They don't really care if they strike out. They want to try to hit a home run. Corey Kispert, while being a good player, would not exactly be a home run. Now, let's talk about what's to come. We mentioned at the top of the show that we will have a podcast for you every single day, even on the weekends uh, leading up to the draft. Well, you're going to get a lot more draft profiles. You're going to get a mock draft twice, one this week, one next week, with our good friend Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft. He'll also talk to us to, uh, about the Scotty Barnes and Boog Knight rumors. You know if you've listened to the show before, this is why you should listen every single day. You know that that Richard Stamen has had Boog Knight in his top five all year long. All year long, Boog Knight has been 
Richards' fifth prospect ahead of Jalen Green, which I don't agree with. I, I, Jalen Green's much better than Boog Knight, but that's been Richards' opinion all year long. So this is nothing new to Richard. We'll talk to him about Boog Knight more um, this week. And then next week, again, we're going to have another mock draft, two of them in a row, one this week, one next week with Richard Stamen. We're also going to do top five lists, so top five guards, top five wings, top five bigs, uh, top five sleepers, top five value picks, et cetera, et cetera. We're also going to have a stock watch episode where I just buy and sell stock and prospects. That way you all can keep me accountable for the players that I love pre-draft if they do pan out, if they don't pan out especially. Uh, So that'll be a lot of fun. Look, the draft process is silly. That's why it's so fun. If we were good at the draft process, it wouldn't be that fun. But because even the NBA evaluators suck at it, even the very best of the evaluators suck, it makes it a lot of fun. I thought Josh Jackson would be great. Granted, I was in high school, not exactly a peak evaluator of talent, but still, I thought he'd be great. I thought you should take him over Tatum. I was scared of, of Poku last year. If you listen to the show last year, you know I was a little bit hesitant about Poku. Well, that was stupid. And many other GMs feel the same way, that they feel stupid that they were scared of Poku because Poku's going to end up being a very good pick. I've also had some draft hits as well along the line. I thought Devontae Graham would have been awesome for the Thunder. Turned out he was a, he's a good bench contributor. I wrote an article the moment Lou Dort signed the two-way contract about how he could impact the Thunder's future. I've had hits and misses, and that's the fun of it. So I could be very wrong about all these players. I could be wrong about every single one of them. I also could be right. Who knows? It's the fun of it. So that's why uh, draft discourse is pretty fun to me, because we don't know anything. The NBA doesn't know anything. The NBA has more information than we do, and they know little to nothing, and they still get it wrong. It's wild. It's crazy. It's fun. And that's all this is. Remember that. That's all this is is fun. And we don't know for sure what anyone is going to be. But speaking of the draft, make sure you go right now, this very second, and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring the GOAT of Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, featuring NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former GM Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for their team, and they'll be evaluated by you, the audience, as well as Chad Ford, Brian Scalabrini, David Locke, and our panel of NBA draft experts. It's a week-long event. The top five's out right now, so just search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Odyssey is your home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I've also tweeted out the links to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, so make sure you go check that out as well on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, so R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So tomorrow, we'll have another NBA draft profile. This week, we'll talk to Richard about James Boog Knight and have a mock draft, and we'll have stock watch on Friday, and then again, we'll have some more special episodes on Saturday and Sunday, and then all throughout again next week, so stay tuned for that. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts from. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Having a great time, loving the fun. You want to see all of the excitement? This is the place and we're the one. If you want to be yelling like crazy for the guys you love to see, come on out and join us. This is the place you want to be. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals.